What's up, everybody? JT Sports here. Back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about Jaheim Bell, former South Carolina tight end, transferring to Florida State. This was a huge get for Mike Norvell and the Seminoles. The Detroit Lions, with their win over the Minnesota Vikings, have now won five out of their last six games. I believe that they are now one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. Brock Purdy and the 49ers dismantled Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I believe Brock Purdy makes the 49ers offense better. And the New York Giants and the New York Jets are suffering late season collapses. We're going to talk about those things on this episode of the podcast. But before we get into it, if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe and check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every single video and episode that is uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on all podcasting platforms. Wherever you get your podcast from, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, you can find the JT Sports Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. And share the podcast with your friends, family members, and acquaintances. Former South Carolina tight end Jaheim Bell has transferred to Florida State. This is a huge get for Mike Norvell and the Florida State Seminoles. Jaheim Bell was one of the best players coming out of this transfer portal cycle. According to 24-7 Sports, they had him ranked as the fourth best player and the number one overall tight end coming out of the transfer portal. Last year for South Carolina, he did it all. In the passing game, he caught 25 passes for 231 receiving yards, which was fourth on the team. He also had two touchdowns, not to mention on the ground, 73 carries for 261 rushing yards, 3.6 yards per attempt, and three rushing touchdowns as well. The production in the passing game definitely went down in 2021. He caught 30 receptions for 497 receiving yards. He had over 16 yards per catch and five touchdowns. The reason for the drop-off in production in his passing numbers from this past season was due to him having to split time and targets with tight end Austin Stogner. Then, not to forget South Carolina's offense, Prior to their final couple of games of the season, it wasn't all that good. You look at him going to Florida State, he's going to be paired up with Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman. You lose tight end Cameron McDonald, who's going to end up graduating. So Jaheim Bell is going to be a very good replacement for him and a very good fit in this Seminoles offense. Florida State is going to be a really fascinating team to watch in 2023 next season. They have a lot of talent on offense. Their wide receiving core, I believe, is probably one of the more underrated units in college football. Johnny Wilson is, what, 6'6"? How do you stop that? Without a doubt, Johnny Wilson is definitely going to be one of the most talked about players if he decides to declare for the NFL draft in 2024. Michael Pittman, he's also pretty good as well. You have Jordan Travis at quarterback. I think without a doubt, he's going to be a contender for the Heisman Trophy next season. And Jaheim Bell is going to help him accomplish that with what he brings to this Seminoles offense. You pretty much have a 
player or a chess piece who you can line up anywhere. Jaheen Bell, if you want to put him outside as a outside receiver, you can line him up there. If you want to put him inside in the slot, he's a mismatch because most slot cornerbacks or whoever you have in the slot, they're too small to guard a guy of this size, 6'3", 231 pounds, not to mention the kind of athleticism that he has. Yeah, you definitely don't want to have to guard this guy if you see him in the slot. Not to mention, you can put him at fullback, running back. Mike Norvell and Florida State, they are going to have a lot of fun with Jaheim Bell. This Seminoles team is going to be really good in 2023 next season. Since starting the season 1-6, the Detroit Lions have won 5 out of their last 6 games, including a 34-23 victory over their division rivals, the Minnesota Vikings. I believe that the Lions right now are one of the best teams in the NFL. You may say, oh JT, you're crazy if you think the Lions are one of the best teams in the NFL right now, JT. They're 6-7. and seven. You're not always what your record says you are. The Lions are 6-7, and seven, but have you seen this team play over the last couple of weeks? Does this look like a team that's 6-7? and seven? No. This is a team that looks like they should be 8-4 and four right now. The Detroit Lions have went toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the NFL this season. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills recently, not too long ago on Thanksgiving. They have wins over the Vikings, the Giants, two teams who right now are in the thick of the playoff race right now, including the Minnesota Vikings, who are trying to maybe find a way to get that number one seed from Philadelphia if they end up slowing down anytime soon. But when you look at the Detroit Lions right now, this team is playing their best football at the right time. I tell everybody this every single year, and you guys know the rant I'm about to go on. The real NFL season begins after Thanksgiving. Because after Thanksgiving is when you start to see teams separate themselves. Teams who started off Hot early in the season, like the New York Giants, have now started to cool off. And teams who started off slow, such as the Detroit Lions, have now started to heat up. It's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. When you look at the teams who have made quote-quote Cinderella runs in the playoffs, it's been teams like the Detroit Lions who have caught fire at this point of the season. If the Detroit Lions make it into the playoffs as a seven seed, whoever, whoever they play, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I was listening to Colin Coward's podcast that he has on the volume, and he made a really good point when he was talking about how seven seed teams most of the times are teams that are pretty limited. Most of the times, they don't have a great offense. They're led by great defense. And they just try not to turn the football over all that much. The Detroit Lions are the opposite from that. Think of the Pittsburgh Steelers from last season. They got into the playoffs as the seventh seed. What were they? They were really limited. 
They didn't have a good offense. Their defense was really good. That was all. The Lions, on the other hand, yeah, their defense isn't great, but their offense can go toe-to-toe with anybody. And that's what makes the Detroit Lions such a formidable threat right now at this point of the season and why you don't want to play this team in the playoffs if they get the seventh seed. I'd rather play a team in the playoffs that has a great defense and no offense versus a team that has an elite offense and a not-so-great defense. Because if you have an elite offense, you can score and go toe-to-toe even if your defense is allowing a touchdown on every single drive. All you have to do is hope and pray that you can get the ball last and win the game that way. So for the Detroit Lions, I'm really excited about what this team can do moving forward. I believe this team is going to get into the playoffs. I think they're going to steal the seven seed from either the Giants or Seattle, whoever's able to hold on and get a hold of it. Right now, when you look at the current NFC playoff picture, the last remaining seeds are currently occupied by the Commanders and the New York Giants, who both are 7-5-1. and one. The Seattle Seahawks are on the outside looking in at 7-6. They play the San Francisco 49ers this Thursday. The Detroit Lions are right behind them. And when you look at the Lions' schedule, the close this season, really favorable. Yeah, you could go on the road to play the New York Jets, but guess what? They have a great defense, but their offense isn't that good. If you can slow down the run game and force them to have to throw the ball with Mike White, you like your chances in that game. You go on the road to play Carolina, then you have the Bears, in the Packers, which that Packers game could be really big because that could be the game that decides who ends up getting that seven seed in the NFC. You can't count out the Packers. They also are starting to click on offense with their young wide receivers starting to come on. So you can't overlook them. This Detroit Lions team, they're dangerous. And if you're a team that is trying to get into the playoffs, such as the New York Jets, the Carolina Panthers, or the Green Bay Packers, you probably should be a little worried. Because if you're trying to get into the playoffs and you need a win against the Detroit Lions, it's going to be really tough to get one at this point in the season because this team is playing some really good football. On defense, their defensive line, I've been... Pretty impressed with. Aiden Hutchinson is leading the team in sacks. He's had a pretty good rookie season. He's performed up to the level of expectations that you expect him to play when you draft somebody as high as what Detroit did. Not to mention Jeff Okuda. Got to give him a huge round of applause. I thought it was over for Jeff Okuda. I thought he was done. I thought he was a bust. I figured Detroit, the only way they could save his career is by possibly moving him to safety. He's came back this season, and he's played pretty well when he's been on the field for the Detroit Lions. You also have a couple of other players who are now starting to come on. On the offensive line, you have one of the best in the league. This is a Detroit Lions team. I'm trying to tell you guys, if you're a fan of the Jets, the Panthers, or the Packers, you're trying to make a late season playoff push, you don't want to play the Lions, bruh. 
This team is playing some really good football. Dan Campbell is coaching out of his mind. This offense has been good, not just because of the talent they have, but because of the coaching. I didn't know that Dan Campbell was this good of an offensive genius. And he was getting praised by Sean Payton when he went on a episode of The Herd a couple of weeks ago. And he was talking about how he expects Detroit to start picking things up sooner rather than later. He gave a lot of praise to Dan Campbell and how well he understands X's and O's on the offensive side of the ball. And I didn't even know that Dan Campbell was considered an offensive-minded coach. Well, it kind of makes sense now because this Detroit Lions offense is rolling. This team is dangerous. This is one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. As a matter of fact, bump it. This is the most dangerous team in the NFL. You want to know why the Lions are the most dangerous team in the NFL right now? They're playing loose. They're playing motivated football. Not only are they playing motivated football, but they're playing highly effective football. On both sides of the football, their defense isn't great. Yes, they're 31st in yards per game allowed, but I don't really care about that because this defense has improved. This is a better defense at this point of the season compared to what it was at the start of the season. Did you see the Detroit Lions defense for the first, what, um, eight weeks, nine weeks of this year? It was awful. You couldn't trust them to, start a no- to stop a nosebleed. But with this defense, over the last couple of weeks, they've gotten a little bit better. And come playoff time, this defense isn't going to get a whole lot better. But I do think if the Lions get into the playoffs, I think their defense is probably good enough to get you a stop or two late in games. Overall, this is a team that's going to win based off offense. As long as they can score 27 a game and they can hold opposing offenses to 24 points, I think the Lions have a really good shot at being able to not only win out, but to make maybe a little bit of a playoff run as well. Now, I don't know how many of you guys listening to this play Call of Duty Warzone, but on Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers sent the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the gulag they beat the bucks 35 to 7 it was 28-0 at halftime and it's funny because for the whole entire week leading up to the game all i was hearing was oh man brock purdy is going to struggle against todd bowles defense tom brady has never lost to a rookie quarterback and what does brock purdy do He goes 16 to 21 for 185 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and has a rushing touchdown to go along with it. I think that Brock Purdy makes the 49ers offense better. You look at them and you say, oh, well, JT, he doesn't have a strong arm. Okay. And you say, oh, JT, he's not the greatest athlete. Okay. And you don't need to be. Do you guys not see that Brock Purdy is the perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan and this 49ers offense? Everything that Kyle Shanahan needs from the quarterback position, he can get from Brock Purdy. 
when the 49ers traded up to get Trey Lance, what was the reasoning? It wasn't just because Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't stay healthy, but he wanted mobility. He wanted a quarterback who could get outside the pocket, extend plays, buy time for receivers to get open, or be able to pick up yards with his legs. You don't get that kind of mobility from Jimmy Garoppolo. Not to mention, but he's really effective in the short and intermediate passing game, which is also something that Kyle Shanahan wants from his quarterbacks. Plus, he makes good decisions with the football. He doesn't turn the football over often, and he's really good at reading defenses pre-snap. The Buccaneers, on their first drive on defense, blitzed the hell out of Brock Purdy. I mean, they were sending hella pressure, and Brock Purdy... He wasn't phased. The dude was calm, collective, and throwing dimes. He threw a nice dot. He rolled outside the pocket. He made number nine, Joe Teron, miss. And he threw a nice pass to Debo Samuel on the right sideline. Not only that, but in the second quarter, he threw two absolutely beautiful touchdown passes. One to Christian McCaffrey. And the 32-yard touchdown to Brandon Ayuk. Brock Purdy makes this 49ers offense better. And I'm going to ask you guys the question once again. What does Jimmy Garoppolo do that Brock Purdy can't? Now let me ask you this. What does Brock Purdy do that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do? Jimmy Garoppolo isn't able to get outside the pocket often and buy time for receivers to get open. He isn't able to do all that much in the run game with his legs. The only thing that Jimmy Garoppolo has on Brock Purdy is experience. And I'm not saying that to knock Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo was having a really good season this year. He actually was playing better than the game manager label that a lot of people were labeling him with this year. However, I do think it's pretty obvious that Brock Purdy adds a different dimension to this offense. You don't get the mobility and athleticism from Jimmy Garoppolo. If Kyle Shanahan wanted to, which I hope that he does, he can call more design quarterback runs and get Brock Purdy more involved in the run game. You can call some read options, some zone reads, maybe some RPOs. There's just so much you can do and so much you can add to this offense with Brock Purdy. A lot of people may look at him as just Mr. Irrelevant and somebody who's just there to buy time until Jimmy G can get healthy if he is able to get healthy at this point of the season. We don't really know what's going on with that foot injury. They said at one point he was done for the year. Now they're saying he has a chance at being able to come back. You look at Brock Purdy, I don't really think they need Jimmy G to come back. Outside of experience, that's the only thing that Jimmy G has on Brock Purdy. And the reason why I say experience the way I do, I don't mean to say that in a condescending way. It's just that experience is something that can be easily gained over time. Every single game that Brock Purdy plays, every single snap that he takes, every single pass that he throws, he's gaining experience. 
So therefore, you can gain experience going on the road and winning a playoff game is really tough. At the same time, it's all about the coaching staff you have and the players around you. The 49ers have more than enough to be able to go on a playoff run with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. I think that this offense is so much better with him at the helm just for what he brings from an athleticism standpoint. Plus, you can run this offense the same way you did with Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of being able to call anything that you want to in the passing game. There's nothing that Jimmy G has that Brock Purdy doesn't. Brock Purdy is phenomenal outside of the pocket. He distributes the ball really well, 10 to 20 yards downfield. I mean, I just love watching Brock Purdy play. You look at him back at Iowa State. He was one of the best players in Iowa State football history. He helped put Iowa State on the map. This was somebody who was highly touted coming out of high school. So for Brock Purdy, him getting this opportunity, it makes me really happy to see him making the most of it. I love seeing people exceed expectations. I love seeing people overachieve in life. The 49ers right now are 9-4. and four. They definitely, with how Brock Purdy has played so far, I think, without a doubt, they can win the Super Bowl with them. I don't think that Brock Purdy hurts the 49ers. I think he only makes them better. It's funny because in the two games that we have seen Brock Purdy play against the Dolphins and the 49ers, most of us believe in him. We have trust and confidence in the 49ers being able to be successful with him moving forward. And we have only seen him play in two games. Meanwhile, we've seen a good amount of Trey Lance. And yet many people, myself included, still don't know what the 49ers have in him. And really don't even know if the 49ers can win with Trey Lance moving forward. And we have a small sample size from him. But it's just funny how so many people have so much belief in Brock Purdy despite him only playing in two games versus Trey Lance who has a way bigger sample size compared to Brock Purdy and a lot of people still don't really know what the 49ers have in them. So what does that tell you about Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy in two games has already came out and earned the confidence of his teammates. He's already came out and earned most of the confidence from the San Francisco 49ers fan base. And yet the 49ers have Trey Lance, who's injured right now, who they traded up so much future draft capital to get. And yet Brock Purdy right now looks like a better quarterback than him. I think instead of talking about Brock Purdy, And his future with the 49ers when Jimmy G comes back. We need to be talking about the future of Trey Lance. Because what's going to happen when Jimmy G gets healthy and he gets healthy. And you still do have Brock Purdy. And this is based off the assumption that Brock Purdy continues to play the way that he has up to this point. What do you do with Trey Lance? I think that's a really tough discussion and a really tough question that we have to have and we will have on a later episode of the podcast. But Brock Purdy, in my opinion, 
I think that he makes this 49ers offense better. You can do so much with him at the helm, RPOs, read option, design quarterback runs. Yeah, you probably don't want to run him as much as you ran Trey Lance because you don't want to lose another quarterback because he pretty much is all you got. And you kind of lucked out. Because there's not too many quarterbacks who you can find in the seventh round who can play at this kind of a level. Brock Purdy makes the 49ers offense better. There is trouble brewing in the Big Apple. Both the New York Jets and the New York Giants are not looking good right now. The Giants have lost five out of their last six. And the Jets have lost three out of their last four. The New York Jets fell to 7-6 after losing to the Buffalo Bills 20-12 this past Sunday. With that loss, the Chargers leapfrogged over them for the last spot in the AFC with their win over the Miami Dolphins. Now the Jets have to be able to beat out the Chargers and the Patriots for that last playoff spot in the AFC. Meanwhile, the Giants were annihilated and obliterated by the Philadelphia Eagles. Falling to 7-5-1. However, unlike the New York Jets, they still hold the 7th seed and the NFC. But the Seahawks and the Lions are right on their trail. Both of these two teams right now are heading in the wrong direction. For pretty much the same reasons. First, being injuries. The New York Giants are absolutely decimated at wide receiver. Wondell Robinson, who was having a really promising rookie season, he's on IR. Sterling Shepard, he's on IR as well. They also have a couple of other key guys who have missed time this season. The New York Jets, their offensive line, something that many New York Jets were excited about going into this season. Elijah Vera Tucker, Makai Becton. They're hurt. They're on IR. Brees Hall, who is having a fantastic rookie campaign this year, he's on IR. The Jets and the Giants, when it comes to injuries, the injury gods have been really ruthless with these two franchises. Then you look at the fact that offensively, they kind of have the same identity. They don't really have phenomenal quarterback play. Daniel Jones has been pretty solid this year. He definitely is better than Mike White and any other quarterback that the New York Jets have started this year. However, the run game is pretty much the heart and soul of these two offenses. If the run game isn't there nine times out of ten, they're not going to have much success offensively. So therefore, you put a lot of pressure on both of these defenses, which the New York Giants defense, I felt had been really good. One of the best in the league at one point prior to the last couple of weeks. And I think that's because their offense not being able to sustain drives is putting their defense on the field more. Their defense is now starting to get a little bit more tired not to mention they have injuries on that side of the ball as well. You look at the Jets, we know how great their defense has been all year long, but we keep asking ourselves the same question every single week. Can the Jets carry this team? Can the Jets defense carry them to a win? At some point, you got to be able to play complimentary football. Both of these two teams right now aren't doing a great job of playing 
complimentary football. The New York Jets offense, yeah, you look at the stats, yeah, they can get going at times, but if you watch these games with no run game, there is no New York Jets offense. With no Saquon Barkley, what are the New York Giants offensively? Their best receiver is Darius Slayton right now. And I love me some Darius Slayton. I have him on my fantasy teams, all of them. I love me some Darius Slayton. But anytime Darius Slayton is your number one wide receiver, you're having some severe issues at that position. Not to mention the New York Giants, their offensive line hasn't been all that great neither yeah they're getting pretty good play from their offensive tackles and evan neal and left tackle andrew thomas but their interior guard play that they have gotten this year hasn't been all that good so the new york giants what makes them different from the new york jets is that the jets are a better football team than the Giants from a talent standpoint the Jets have a way more talented roster the only thing that's really holding back the Jets is quarterback what's holding back the Giants and what's kind of hindering them at this point of the season is the fact that they were able to take advantage of a very favorable schedule at the start of the season and now with things starting to get a little bit difficult the second half of the season coaching is enabled to get them all these wins you see earlier during the first half of the year when the Giants were six and one we were all talking about how great of a job Brian Dable has done with this team and with them being six and one it definitely was a huge accomplishment because nobody expected the Giants to be six and one at that point however you had to realize that this was a team that was six and one based off Brian Dable scheming things up and coaching his tail up and on top of that they also had a couple of games that they had some things go their way such as that Ravens game that Lamar Jackson interception they had a couple of things that went their way so they were able to win some one possession games that maybe if they would play some of these teams again such as the Ravens they might not beat them a second go around not to mention the Giants really weren't all that talented to begin with coming into this season So therefore, when you have a team that's not all that talented and you just have a few injuries, that's enough to hurt you. And then you have the barrage of injuries to your star players or some of your key players on offense. Yeah, that's dramatically going to hurt you. And it doesn't matter how good of a coach you are. You can scheme and call all the great plays all you want to, but the better teams you face with better coaching staffs, with more talent, You're not going to be able to out-scheme and out-coach your way to wins like we saw in their recent blowout loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. When you're playing teams that are just as well-coached as you and more talented, you're not going to be able to win. And you saw that when the Philadelphia Eagles sent the New York Giants to the gulag. The New York Giants right now are falling apart. Not because I think they're frauds. I just think that this is a team that wasn't all that talented to begin with. And they're suffering some injuries. They're now starting to fall a little bit back to earth. But I still think that the Giants have a good chance of being able to make it 
into the playoffs because they do have to play Washington, Minnesota, the Colts, and the Eagles. I do believe that the Vikings, the Washington, and Colts games are all winnable games for them. That Philadelphia Eagles game, you should be able to win that one because at that point, they should already have the number one overall seed locked up and secured. So hopefully they can go ahead, rest their starters. And that's a game that you can go ahead and have the benefit of playing the Philadelphia Eagles second and third stringers. So that should be an easy win for you if that situation plays out that way. For the New York Jets, I think their path to the playoffs is so much tougher because now you don't really control your own destiny. Now the Chargers have a hold of the seventh seed. And the Chargers are a team that, like you, have also suffered a lot of injuries to some of their core players this season. But the difference is they're starting to get healthy. So when the Chargers get fully healthy... You have to wonder, are they even going to lose another game? The Chargers might just go ahead and win out. And you may not even have an opportunity to try to get that seven seed unless the Dolphins lose a couple of games and they fall from the six. The Chargers go up to six and they come down to seven. And then you're fighting with the Dolphins to try to get that last spot, which that week 18 matchup could probably end up being winner go home. Winner gets that seven seed. Maybe. You look at the Jets, the only thing that's really hurting them is quarterback. And it it sucks because I think that the Jets this year have a roster that's good enough to win the Super Bowl. It's just the quarterback play hasn't been good. Mike White is the best quarterback you have right now. And he's not bad. He's He looks pretty solid. But you have to wonder, is he going to be good enough to get you wins over teams such as the Seattle Seahawks and the Miami Dolphins because the only win that we've seen Mike White lead the Jets to was over the Chicago Bears when they didn't have Justin Fields. So I wonder just how good is Mike White against top-tier competition? And for the New York Jets, you know, with no run game, you have to put all your confidence and all your faith on Mike White, which is something that I don't really think if you're Robert Sala, you want to do. And the Zach Wilson thing hurt them so much because now you have this great roster that's held back because you don't have a quarterback. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. I didn't say it on this channel, but I said it on my TikTok. If you guys aren't following my TikTok, go ahead and do so at JT Sports underscore on TikTok, I said that Zach Wilson is going to keep the Jets from making the playoffs. And I was going back and forth with one of my homeboys who also happens to be a New York Jets fan as well. He was like, man, we don't need Zach Wilson to have these great games. We don't need great quarterback play. We just need somebody to not turn the football over and just relying on defense. And that's all cool and everything. But what's going to happen when you have to put up 20 points? And you're facing a team that also has a really good defense, such as the Buffalo Bills. You saw what happened to the New York Jets yesterday. Their offense struggled. Yeah, their defense is going to be able to keep them in games. But your defense isn't going to be able to keep you in games to the point of you just can't do anything. 12 points isn't going to cut it for the New York Jets. Yeah, you may be able to beat the Jaguars, but you might not be able to beat Detroit. 
if you can't put up more points, you definitely ain't going to be able to beat Miami and Seattle if you can't put up more points on offense. It doesn't matter how good of a defense you have if you struggle to score in the red zone. That's something that the Jets struggle to do. So you know what happens? They get inside the red zone and they walk away with field goals instead of touchdowns. Something that you can't have when you're a team that wins games based off their defense because then you're settling for field goals. Other teams going down there and they're getting touchdowns late. You have to be able to capitalize off your opportunities when you get in the red zone. The Jets, offensive line, having the injuries to Elijah Vera Tucker and Makai Beckton definitely has hampered this offense. But what has hampered this offense more this year has been the quarterback play. Both the Jets and the Giants are collapsing because they have suffered injuries to key players, both sides of the football. Secondly, they kind of were able to take advantage of not great schedules, and they also had some wins that the ball was able to bounce in their favor. I think if I had to pick between one of these two teams who I had more confidence in to make it into the playoffs, I probably would go with the Giants, believe it or not. They have a way more easier schedule to close out this season compared to the Jets. They got to play Washington on the road and Minnesota, then the Colts at home in Philadelphia. Probably that Philadelphia game, you get to play them when they put their backups in. Meanwhile, for the Jets, yeah, you play the Lions, who are one of the hottest teams in the NFL, yeah, good luck with that. You got to play the Jaguars, who just upset Tennessee. Then you got to go on the road against the Seahawks and the Dolphins. There's a strong possibility that the Jets go 0-4, or, or maybe 1-3. and And there's a strong possibility that we could see the Jets maybe still two games from this stretch. Because they are playing the Colts, who aren't good. You're playing Minnesota, which, yeah, they do have one of the best records in the NFL, but they're pretty inconsistent. They just find ways to win, so that game could go either way. You could keep that one close. Then you got to play Washington, which you tied with not too long ago. Hopefully, you could end up winning that one the next go around. For the Giants, you just got to be able to hold off the Detroit Lions, and you got to be able to hold off Seattle. So really, all you have to do is win. And even then, even if you do slip up, you know, the Detroit Lions still are a couple of games back. So you do have a little bit of room for error. Seattle does play the 49ers this Thursday. So if they lose that game and you lose, you still hold on to that last spot, I believe. So for the Giants, I just think that they have a easier path to holding on to that seven seed compared to the New York Jets retaking that seven seed away from the Chargers or whoever gets it because their schedule, their last four games, really tough. This is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Make sure that you guys check out the JT Sports Podcast available on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the JT Sports Podcast. Leave us a review. Share the podcast with your friends, family members, and acquaintances. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And I will see you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast shortly.